The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope we bring you a slew of winners and that you enjoy the guests that we have. Um, our second guest, our special handicapper, is Eric Wing from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, he's been on with us before, and the guy does know how to pick some winners, and it's not going to be easy. That's right. This week we're going to feature Gulfstream Parks opening with the Claiming Crown. And what a group of interesting races. You know, these are, these are horses that, uh, back since, uh, January 1st of 2013 have raced at different levels of, of the claiming game. And what we're going to have is a great menu for you because we're going to start out five furlongs on the turf for horses that were once claimed for 25 thousand and then we're going to go a flat seven furlongs on the main track we're going to move that to a mile and a 16th on the turf and then close it out two hundred thousand dollars the claiming crown jewel a mile and an eighth now these races have attracted horses from all over the country and it's really interesting trying to match them you know sometimes uh here on winning ponies we like to take uh let's say, state-bred programs uh, or, um, and put them together when they have a great Big Apple Day or the Best of Ohio, something like that. Well, the, this is an interesting day at one single track, Gulfstream Park, but these horses are from all over the place. And, of course, a lot of them have some back class. Uh, they were claimed by some pretty sharp guys uh, who have since uh, placed them in races that – got them to the point where they're racing now for as much as $200,000. They were once claimers. So that is going to be very, very interesting. And uh, our first guest is going to be Brian Zipsy. Uh, looking forward to talking to him uh, about the Vox Populi uh, Award, of which is kind of like an Eclipse Award uh, for the horse that maybe grabbed the attention of the nation the best this year. The great thing about this is it's not the turf riders that uh, vote on it. It's you, and we're going to tell you how you can get in on the voting. It'll be interesting to see who he feels uh, the top horses are going in to the weeks for the Vox Populi. He also is very involved with Horse Racing Nation, something that you should probably put in your favorites. So, Brian Zipsy and my friend Eric Wing will be our guests. Now, don't forget, you can... Uh, cash in pretty good using your easy win forms from winning ponies and you can do that 
and make some money at 123 Racing Pick 6. It's America's newest handicapping contest-style Pick 6 wager. If you haven't gone there yet, I've been telling you, it's something you need to check out. It's 123 Racing. It's not like any other Pick 6. It's a $2 Pick 6 with a twist. Uh, it's America's most exciting wager because you score points across six races to scoop the pool. It's your pick six. All you need to do is play at 123bet.com. Winners are guaranteed. This month, they're going to guarantee $100,000 in payouts on the 123 Racing Pick 6. So it's that easy. Hope you got it. Remember, this show's on podcast if you don't have a pen or pencil. Play today at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Well, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, uh, enjoyed uh, family and friends, and certainly enjoyed a lot of great racing that happened from coast to coast. Of course, uh, the big question mark, the one we all wanted to see, would he make his comeback? California Chrome was impressive on the turf. Of course, we did state that uh, his daddy... That was his forte was running on the grass. So the grass is greener for California Chrome. And the question now is, will the Derby and Preakness winner be pushed into Horse of the Year honors? Uh, He elected, after a game effort in the Breeders' Cup Classic, to come back and try a surface he's never been on. And uh, he added his fourth grade one win uh, to his resume. Uh, The win was very popular. He was... Slight odds on. He paid three dollars and forty cents as the heavy favorite. Uh, only five rivals showed up, but uh, he beat Lexi Lou, the Queen's Plate winner, which is no disgrace by two lengths. With Talco another length back in third, so this will be very interesting. Now, the one thing, unlike Bayern, when we start talking about voting. Uh, who was the Breeders' Cup Classic winner, is that California Chrome did not win a race against older horses as he was third in the Classic. So uh, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, it's not a popularity contest, but it's going to be very, very tough this year uh, to come down to see who does get the uh, final nod for Horse of the Year. And good news from trainer Art Sherman, uh, his trainer, is that uh, if so you didn't know it. You wouldn't even think that he raced. He came out of the race in fine condition. So, uh, you know, his owners have already said that uh, they've committed him to uh, running him as a, a four-year-old. And uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what he does because he's added a whole new dimension uh, to his resume with that win. Well, uh, that was uh, closing up the Del Mar meet. They they closed strong numbers across the board. It was a 15-day season. Remember, these dates were held by Hollywood Park, but not anymore. Uh, but they, they had a 15% increase over what Hollywood Park did last week, last week, last fall, uh, on their overall handle. And uh, the Daily average purses were up 15%. See a little reflection there? Better racing, better betters, and making bigger bets. So, uh, again, uh, having California Chrome in the Hollywood Derby certainly put a storybook ending on the meet. So congratulations to doing well out there where the surf meets the turf. Uh, In the heart of the country... The handle declined at the Churchill Fall Meet. Remember, now they absorbed the uh, dates from uh, Turfway Park uh, in taking the September meets. So according to figures that we're able to get from the Horse Racing Commission, they were down 19% on total handle. 
and the average daily wagering represented a decline of 15%. Uh, now, as you know, they made some changes in, in their, their takeout, and uh, there was uh, prior to the meet uh, with that takeout race, uh, rate rather, um, from 19% to 22% on win, place, and show and exotic wagers, the Horse Players Association of North America called for a boycott of betting on Churchill's races. So we don't know if that's what what caused it, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it was a decline. Now, as we said, they took uh, Turfway uh, Park's dates in September, and Turfway Park up and running again. If you're looking for night racing and looking for night racing on one of the rarest tracks, Still in North America, yes, they are a poly track track. So uh, Turfway Park opens up tonight. You'll see them racing mostly weekends, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you'll see them racing nights Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, our good friend Michael Bowen, I mean, what a collection of horses uh, he has. I mean, Game On Dude was announced just three weeks ago, and now who's back in town? None other than Silver Charm is now at Old Friends. And remember, you can go to Old Friends. It's located just north of Lexington, Kentucky. It doesn't cost you anything to get in, and you can go see champion Silver Charm. They say that he is uh, settling in well on a long journey back from Japan. Uh, he's now 20 years old. I've seen some photos of him. He, he looks solid. He's really carrying his weight well. And uh, there's a lot of fans were there. Uh, he was pensioned from his stud duties this season, and so he's back to old friends. You may remember that he started his career at Three Chimneys, and who was holding him when he got there at old friends but Sandy Hatfield, who's the stallion manager at Three Chimneys. So remember, you can go down and, and take photos of these uh horses, uh, meet them, meet Michael Blowen, one of the greatest guys, but uh, it's really becoming like a Hall of Fame down there, so it's not every day that uh, you can see a horse like Silver Charm. Uh, the Lewises who campaigned him here in North America have paid for everything, Michael Blowen said. They they set up an endowment, so again, you, you want to see uh, up close and personal, a Derby and Preakness winner, Silver Charm is at Old Friends, along with a lot of other classy animals. Well, let's get to some of the races that we looked at last week. We uh, hope that we can get to as many as possible before uh, the break because I'm covering from Thanksgiving all the way through the holiday weekend. Um, In my opinion, the most impressive and important race was the Clark Handicap the grade one, a historic race, uh, one of the uh, oldest at Churchill Downs. This is the 140th running. I hope you had a chance to watch it. And a horse who was uh, really touted before the Kentucky Derby, uh, but uh, got sidelined after running second to California Chrome in the Santa Anita Derby was Hopportunity. Remember, he won the Rebel Stakes, a Bob Baffert trainee but had to go on the shelf for a while he spotted him well with an optional claimer on october 29th and he got beat he uh finished second and a half a length but obviously a nice warm-up uh opportunity with martin garcia uh chased the pace who was set by constitution now this was the todd pletcher trainee that won the florida derby and he was on the shelf himself uh making making his comeback in here constitution was the speed opportunity chased him and held him off gamely actually he passed him well and held off 
Pronico, a 7-to-1 shot, also trained by Todd Pletcher. So Pletcher horses uh, ran second and third in the Clark Handicap, a great race that we had a chance to uh, to handicap uh, here on Winning Ponies. Hope you had some winners. And then, of course, out at Del Mar, we said that the Seabiscuit Handicap, the 37th running, was packed with class. My horse, Tom's Tribute, had the lead into the stretch but couldn't hold on. Uh, the the winner was my man I admire, the man he picked. Kaigan was the horse that he liked, and Kaigan got the job done uh, over the Za approval. It wasn't the same horse as he was in 2013, but he was a late railing second to split up my exacta with Tom's tribute. And then over at Aqueduct, it was classic point nosing out my pick, Princess Violet. They had to go to a photo finish, and classic point did get the job done over Princess Violet and Moment in Dixie. So those, those were the races that, uh, that, that we handicapped last week. A uh, quick look at some other ones. Uh, Ben's Cat uh, came back to take the fabulous strike for the third straight year. What kind of horse is he? And then Frivolous. Springs sprung an upset 19-1 to 1 in the Falls City Handicap on Don't Tell Sophia. I love Don't Tell Sophia, $1,000 horse uh, that uh, has turned into a graded stakes winner. Absolutely great. Uh, West Coast Bell stayed unbeaten in three career starts uh, and also got a jump on the Kentucky Oaks when she took uh, the Golden Rod stakes. And over on the boys' side of things there in Louisville, El Kabir. They at stables? Are they loaded or what? They've got American Pharaoh, and now they got El Kabir, who uh, went to the front, surprisingly, with Calvin Burrell, and uh, got the job done under the lights at Churchill Downs. So uh, the horse is earning Derby and Oaks points. Uh, well, leave the light on. He took the he took the Remsen private zone. Uh, is looking for the Met Mile after winning the Grade 1 Cigar Mile. We got so many races that happened last week, it's hard to fit them all in, but we did our best to do it. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Brian Zipsky, a very interesting man that does a lot in thoroughbred racing. We're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Winning Ponies. school to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. 
this month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I teased it at the top of the show. Brian Zipsy is going to be with us right now. He's a guy that absolutely loves the game of racing, as probably all the listeners do here, too. He was one lucky guy. He was there to see Secretariat actually win the Belmont Stakes at 31 lengths uh, race. It still gives me goosebumps every time I see it. And he, he's, his love of the game has moved him up to the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation. And I hope that you've got that in your favorites or that you get the, the newsletter on a regular basis. I, I know I do. Uh, that goes back several years when that started. Uh, he's a Derby Wars team member. And uh, something we'll tell you a little bit at the end of this segment is that he's a, a, a Vox Populi committee member for Secretariat.com. We touched briefly on that because you, too, could feel like a member of the Turf Riders. <laughs> All right. Brian, how are you doing tonight? John, I'm doing great. A pleasure to be with you tonight. Well, happy to have you on. I know you're, you're a busy man, but you've got your hands on a lot of things uh, involved in thoroughbred racing. Like I like to ask all my guests, where did the passion start and how has it evolved? John, the old, the old joke is uh, my father and mother pulled into Arlington Park. Uh, my mother went into labor and my father told her, can you hold on a second? I just want to bet the double. <laughs> I love it. And here I am. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's funny. Overwhelmingly, when I ask people that question, it, it, it's it's a close family member uh, that, uh, that that brought them to the track. In some cases, a friend. But you know, in this day and age, you know, so many things are online, and we've got off-track betting parlors. I don't know anybody that by accident walked into an OTB parlor and said, "Wow, this is a great thing. I want to get involved." I think you really need that personal touch. I think I think each one of us, to some extent, needs to be a personal ambassador ambassador to the sport and to get people to live racing at least to get their teeth into the game yeah i think you hit it on the head john i mean it, it there are a lot more opportunities now with online and i think uh some of the things available to us as far as betting and watching the races and getting the news in a timely manner is, is wonderful but unless you go there and you see the horses running in front of you coming thundering down the uh down the stretch out of the turn and seeing good horses up in person, how beautiful they are in the whole, the whole event with the colorful silks, you're, you're missing out and you just don't know what racing's all about. No, and you know, you hear the word social networking, that's social networking, because number one, not that many guys go to the track by themselves, you usually go with some friends, there's interaction, you know, versus let's say a direct casino thing where it might be you against machine, you against a dealer, you against a roulette wheel, <clears throat> here, 
obviously, you know, you're, you're betting against everybody else there, but there's a great interaction. And I think anybody that uh, enjoys the sport at the track, loves being with their buddies because you like to listen to, to why, what did Brian see in this horse? You know, what, what, what did this guy over here like about it? Maybe you combine your bets or whatever, but, you know, it's cerebral. It's not numbers, and, and I think that's what really keeps our juices flowing once we get turned on to the game. Absolutely. You know, when you go to the racetrack, it can almost be overwhelming, all the information out there, but, but like us, people that have been involved with racing for a little while – it's the best sport for many reasons, one of which is the magnificent puddle puzzle that it presents, uh, trying to go through all the data, all the information, all your experiences to figure out who's going to win the next race and how you might uh, put a few dollars into your wallet. And that's not to mention how much fun it is, the colorful cast of characters uh, that are not only in the grandstand, but the outstanding athletes that are up on the back of the horses and, and, and the time and the thought that goes into a trainer entering a horse and readying him for a race. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tapestry, isn't it? Uh, I, uh, invariably, I think this is probably true for you too, John. When we, uh, when we bring people out to the racetrack for the first time, they're, they're kind of surprised how much there is to it, how beautiful it is, how much they enjoy it, you know, and, and all they have to do is uh, cash that one $2 show bet, let alone a, a bigger trifecta or pick three or something, and they're, they're kind of hooked. It's, it's very rare that I go with a newcomer to the racetrack where they're not saying, wow, that was fun. Absolutely, I love it. And as a father of three boys, uh, I've gotten them involved into it at on certain levels, um, and they just grew up loving it. You know, we we ended up getting a, a brood mare and some stallion shares and watching horses grow. And what's neat now is watching my sons bring their buddies to the track, and they end up liking it. And as you know, it it's some kind of bizarre spiritual thing for some reason. When somebody's when it's their first day at the races, they end up going home with cash in their pocket, and then we got them. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works out. And, and, and you know, you, you, you talking there about your sons, it it, it reminds me of uh, my dad. He's uh, in his seventies now, but invariably, when uh, him and my brother and I get together, uh, one of the things that we always talk about is what's going on in horse racing. And we're uh, we're my brother and I are pretty lucky to have been raised the way we were where we got to go to all the big races of kids. We'd go to Belmont for every Saturday in the fall, and we saw all the great horses. And I owe that to my dad, and I'm very grateful that uh, he did that for, for Dave and I. Well, as times have changed, you have taken advantage of it on a couple of levels, uh, moving your, your passion over uh, to, to spreading the word via the Internet. Uh, tell us, uh, for starters, uh, paint the picture and tell people how they can get involved with Horse Racing Nation and, and the information that you provide through that service. Well, Horse Racing Nation is uh, it's a news site. It's a fan site. Uh, when it was created about five years ago, John, it was meant to be uh, something catching up to the times. I think horse racing can can suffer from being behind the times a little bit, and we wanted to create a, a visual experience, a great experience for fans, whether they be experienced fans like us or more newer fans just trying to kind of dip their toes into the pool and find out some information about maybe horses they saw in the Triple Crown so it really is an incredible site. There's thousands and thousands of pages 
you can find information on any almost any horse that's that's run running now or has run years and years ago. Uh, we put up uh, uh, daily uh, uh, blogs. So that's uh, something I do. I have a column, a daily column there. Um, videos, every, everything you'd want to find out about horse racing, what's going on, uh, whether it be today or research things from the past. Horse Racing Nation is just a great and easy site to navigate and to use. And if you would, please, it's pretty basic, but give the information out to our listeners as to how they can contact you and become subscribers for free. Yeah, yeah, just go on to horseracingnation.com. It's all one word, horseracingnation.com. Uh, as a new uh, person to the site, uh, you can sign up. Hopefully you'll sign up. Uh, you, when you do that, you can put your email through there, and uh, you'll start getting information right away. And, and I think once you, uh, once you discover the site a little bit, navigate around a little bit, uh, you'll, be, uh, you'll be hooked a little bit. And, and what we're trying to do is, is educate in a fun way. So we, uh, we love uh, new people finding our site and, and seeing what we're all about. Well, one of the things I was doing after I put the turkey in the oven last Thursday was go up on your site and, and pull down who gets your vote for Vox Populi, and you are now a committee member through uh, Secretariat.com. It's the Secretariat Vox Populi Award. Um, explain to our listeners, if you could, how they can partake in it, and what is it? Is, is it a horse of the year contest? Is it a popularity contest? Or are you voting for the horse that perhaps made the best impact on people as far as the sport is concerned? I think that's a great question, John, and I think everybody out there probably could find that answer a little bit within themselves. Um, it, it, is, it is a vote for, for popularity. It's a vote to kind of celebrate the horse that meant the most to the sport this year. But I think it's, it's a way of recognizing your favorite horse. Uh, we did a good job, I think, this year of uh, putting up all the all the really top best candidates for who might be your favorite horse of the year, the most popular horse of the year. Obviously, we can't have everybody on the list, but we have six awesome candidates uh, going from California Chrome and Shared Belief, Wise Dan, Untappable, the Philly. And then a couple of old geldings, uh, Game On Dude, retired, of course, during the year, but he had some big races early. And, and Ben's Cat, who may not be as well-known on a national scale, but uh, I think people inside the sport, and especially in the mid-Atlantic states, know uh, what a special horse that eight-year-old gelding is. Well, uh, certainly both uh, Ben's Cat and California Chrome uh, got a little more attention over this past weekend. Now, uh, explain, uh, I've got about uh, two minutes left, so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, how our listeners can get involved in this and w- yeah. where they go to, to see the voting, how they make their vote. Uh, take, take us along with this, and I hope our listeners have their pen and pad out. Yeah, John, it's, it's real simple. Just go to the site secretariat.com. That's, uh, that's Penny Tweedy, the owner of Secretariat's site. And, uh, you'll see, uh, you'll see a fan area there, Vox Populi. Hit the Vox Populi page. It'll open up the explanation of the Vox Populi. You'll see the candidates and it'll be real easy for you to vote for one of the six. Or if your favorite isn't on that list of six, you can write in your own vote. We'll be collecting votes for uh, several more weeks still, 
and uh, we'll decide uh, closer to Christmas uh, who, the, who the winner, who got the most votes uh, as the most popular horse in racing 2014. Secretary.com, just look for Vox Populi, and you're there. All right. Well, uh, you, uh, Brian Zipsy, I really hope that this isn't the last time I get a chance to, to talk to you and to, to help promote Horse Racing Nation. I think you're doing a, a, an outstanding job. I, it's certainly not boring. You, you hit a lot of topics. You've got good people that participate in it. And uh, I, ju- I just want to thank you for spreading the word and, and getting it out there because we need more ambassadors in the sport of thoroughbred racing. You got that right, John. I really enjoyed being on your show. I, I could say the same words to you. Thanks for having me on, and I'll be on anytime you need me. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like to hear that, and people that say that, sometimes it's dangerous because I've got a little uh, black book, and I keep their number. But I uh, really enjoyed listening to Brian, listening to his uh, his entrance into the game. And, again, uh, Horse Racing Nation is where you go to get on his newsletter list. And, again, it doesn't cost you anything, so there's, there's not a problem there. And then uh, what you want to do for the Vox Populi is go to secretariat.com. That's pretty easy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do something that's not easy, and that's try to break down the races at the Claiming Crown at Gulfstream Park. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
All right, and with me, no stranger to winning ponies, Eric Wing. You've heard his name tossed about in racing all over the place, from the NTRA to the NYRA uh, to the Sports Bible, uh, the Daily Racing Form. Uh, he's a, uh, a Dartmouth grad and uh, a damn good handicapper at that, who ruined our odds on plain old Willard at Belterra Park on Best of Ohio Day. He's with us now from near the Big Apple. Eric Wing, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. You know, we were, we're, we're hunkering down here in the Midwest. You know, we had, you know, that polar vortex for a while, but things aren't too bad right now. And had a great Thanksgiving. I'm trying to get all the results in on this show. There was so much great racing right now. And it's kind of exciting coming into to this part of the season as far as the, the, the looking at the horse of the year. You know, I mean, Untappable was unbelievable in the Breeders' Cup. But California Chrome, I thought that was pretty gutsy uh, of Art Sherman and their group to, to go to a whole different surface um, and, and to take on... You know, grass racing horses late in the season when they probably didn't have to, uh, and perhaps to try to seal uh, their their championship. Uh, it kind of makes it uh, very interesting. You certainly can't dismiss what Bayern did, um, and I'm probably missing a couple others. Uh, end of the year's awards is going to be kind of interesting, don't you think? Yeah, I think more interesting than most years. And and Dick Girardi wrote a a great column in Daily Racing Forum this week pointing out that California Chrome is the first Derby and Preakness winner basically since I think it was unbridled in Sunday Silence to be running well late in in the three-year-old year. Not running in the three-year-old year, but running well late in the three-year-old year. And uh, that puts an interesting perspective on it. I think the other horse who's legit that you didn't mention, probably just because you momentarily forgot, is Main Sequence, who reeled off those four yes. straight grade one races. And, you know, in my opinion, could be one of the best grass horses in the world. I know that might catch somebody, like uh, some people, uh, uh, like a bit of a hyperbole, but I really think a lot of him now he is a straight grass horse. I don't know that he should be penalized for that, but like you said, I was impressed with California Chrome's connections for taking that that uh, chance. I don't think it was a, a grade one turf field per se. No. But having said that, he had a lot to lose if he laid an egg, and he sure didn't lay an egg. No, no, not at all. And, you know, and, and again, yeah, thanks for reminding me about main sequence because absolutely I was, you know, talking with somebody on the Internet and they said, who do you like? And uh, he, he was in my top four picks. Uh, it, it, it's going to be very, very tough. I mean, I know people, you know, to look at it and, yeah, he's a turf horse. And, but, uh, you know, he's kind of like, reminds me a little bit of John Henry. I mean, uh, no sooner did they uh, cut off his hangy down things and he, turned into one hell of a runner. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, John, is that um, from what I'm reading now, shared belief might run in the Malibu before the end of the year, which is a grade one. Now, I don't know that that, a a win there would put him over the top, but, uh, you know, it it wouldn't hurt him. And I think he's still in the mix, too. I mean, usually we're lucky if we can have an argument between two horses. This year we might have an argument amongst Ford as to who should win uh, Horse of the Year honors. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you what, another guy that I think, uh, well, no stranger to being bold, uh, D. Wayne Lucas, is that he is also, looks like we're going to get to see uh, Take Charge Brandy and Mr. Z uh, to run again. He's going to Los Alamitos uh, to see if, if he can't get Eclipse Awards uh, for, for those two. I, pretty interesting. It sure is. I, I mean, I think uh, he's got a great chance with Take Charge Brandy, regardless of what happens in the uh, in the uh, Hollywood Starlet. Uh, she already just took the Delta Princess, which was a nice uh, capper or additional feather in the cap for after that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies win. Gosh, uh, his colt, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, but uh, he may not be harboring year-end championship honors there. But who knows? I mean, who's the who's the front runner? Texas Red with the really the one win of consequence. So who's to say anything's locked up this year? Yeah, absolutely. Because I got to admit, Ocho Ocho was pretty impressive, but Mr. Z was kind of coming at him, and just gives us so much more to look forward to. Uh, you know. Coming again, you know, uh, we're, we're turning the clock forward to 2015, and it looks like we got an interesting group uh, heading into the three-year-old season that always attracts everyone's attention. Uh, that means Kentucky Derby and Oaks, of course. Now, uh, what's catching a lot of people's attention, I hyped it earlier in the show, is what's going on at Gulfstream Park. Uh, it's not Gulfstream Park West now. We're going back to the real place, I do believe. And uh, the Claiming Crown, which started at Canterbury. And my hat's off to them that they're actually having, I believe it's the inaugural of the uh, what they're calling the Claiming Crown Canterbury, $110,000 race at Gulfstream Park. But what's cool about this is I, I, I know in the past I've, I love to concentrate on maybe like state bread championships or, or you know, a date races, uh, the tracks that have races uh, where they have a stream of four or five stakes on a certain day. But this one is uh, just an amazing checkerboard of talent that gets drawn from all over the place and at all levels, at all distances. Eric, if I, time allows, we're going we're to address a five-furlong turf race, a seven-furlong on the dirt, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf, and then go back to the main track at a mile and an eighth. All of these with horses from anywhere that had been in claimers from sixteen thousand to uh, thirty-five thousand. It's a it's a very interesting tapestry of competition. Uh, very well put, John. And and the fields are also very large. Um, yeah. In case, in case what you said uh, up to then wasn't enough for people, it, it's a great day, John. I, I've had the good fortune of going to a great many of the claiming crowns in in Canterbury Park. They were great hosts. I have to say, nonetheless, that the event has taken a, a significant step forward in going to Gulfstream, not because anyone can outdo the folks at Canterbury in terms of hospitality, but Gulfstream seems to um, draw horses more readily for this event than Canterbury Park did. Maybe Minneapolis wasn't the easiest ship in the world. Anyway, now we've got a great event. Really, it's the only event in the sport, John, other than Breeders' Cup and Triple Crown, where the contenders come from, may come from all over the country. Now, I don't remember seeing any California shippers this year, which may be slightly disappointing, but they are all over from New York, Illinois, Kentucky, 
and and ironically, in one of the races, um, I can't remember the horse, but I know it's trained by Niall uh, Sable, the first ever European shipper for the breeders for the uh, claiming crown, which is uh, I guess the first. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, I saw that. Well, listen, uh, I, I want to get a couple races in before our, our first break. I mentioned the. Uh, Tip of the cap to Canterbury, uh, the first running of the Canterbury. Five furlongs on the turf. You're going to have a quick run into, into that first turn. Um, there was a horse that I keyed on in here, and then I saw two others that I really liked. But, again, a lot of these very sharp uh, trainers claimed these horses sometime after January 1st of 2013. Uh, in this race, it was the number was $25,000. Uh, Mr. Online, as far as class is concerned, just jumped off the paper to me. The layoff is the question in there. But I certainly think he's got the edge in class. Uh, has, you know, the speed that you need at five furlongs. And if you look at his resume on the turf, he's had eight lifetime wins. All of those took place on the grass. Uh, he was my initial standout in here. And then the, the two others that got my attention though I don't like the post on Mongo Bull, and, and the other horse, uh, Moonwalker, uh, that, that had a real nice prep for this race. So those are the three I've kind of settled on, and I've already stated my slight case for them. I'm wondering where you came up in this race. Uh, well, before I divulge my opinions, John, I'd like to give a disclaimer this week. Um, normally I try to be bold and <clears throat> go for the long shots, and I still will, but I want to urge listeners these races at Gulfstream are so good and so difficult that I, I encourage listeners to listen to you, listen to me, and if, if maybe we might point out something that they hadn't noticed. But if the listeners like a horse in any of these races, you're going to get a good price, and don't let John or me talk you out of a horse. Because <laughs> I totally <laughs> say ditto on that, my friend. Yeah, you like now, I've handicapped these with no odds, so i got no idea of those three horses if, so, if they're so three favorites or three long generation. Um, I, 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 you know, Mr. Online is probably the most accomplished. He, he doesn't have as much experience as many of these do going short on the grass, but he was one of... He was one of the better grass horses at the meet last year at Gulfstream, so he loves the course. I just wanted to throw out one quick stat. I added up the... Uh, uh, the records at the distance for these 14 horses who are in the main body of the field, they're, they are a combined 47 for 117. Now, you know, you might handicap a race and see a horse is 5 for 10 at the distance, and you're very impressed. This is a race where almost the whole field falls into that category. So it's really impressive. I think the only horse missing from this race is Bobby's Kitten. Unfortunately, he's not eligible, but these are really, really good turf sprinters. Um, the horse I'm going to take a look at, John, and with no more confidence than any of the ones you mentioned, but I kind of like the seven Buster Rose. Um, he, he just is, looks to me like one of these turf sprinters who, you know, has found his home. He's a perfect four for four on the grass. Um, he's, he can win from close to the pace. He can win from off the pace. And I also think what might be important in this bulky field, he kind of drew perfectly right in the middle. Um, I like Mongolian Saturday a lot. I don't love post two that he drew, but in his two 
grass sprints. He kind of had a goofy race behind Ben's cat. No shame there. No, not at all. Blew away a field uh, two starts back with a 97 buyer. He's 15 to one on the morning line. Now, granted, the morning lines don't always mean that much at Gulfstream, but um, I thought Buster Rose was very consistent and reliable, relatively speaking, in this field. And Mongolian Saturday is the really good horse whose form might be a little dirtied up. Having said that, it wouldn't shock me at all if Mr. Online won. All right, well, we're handicapping very full fields with Eric Wing from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to try to put 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack right after we take this break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. Still left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. License and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with Eric Wing from the Daily Racing Forum, we're tackling the claiming crown that's going to be front and center in the DRF across the country this week. And uh, just fantastic betting opportunities, amazing full fields, but hard as hell to handicap, I can tell you that. And to be honest with you, Eric, I, I think this eighth race, uh, it's the seven furlong race that for horses that at one point were claimed for 16,000 or entered to be claimed for 16,000 is one of the toughest. I'll just address this and then I'm going to turn it over to you. That last year's winner, good time had by all, is back in the body of this field. He is. And, and by the way, uh, to your listeners, the, uh, the, this late pick four that we've been discussing, it'll be in the Friday form in advance up front. So if you if you get the Friday form and can't get out for a Saturday form, you'll have the, the late pick four races. 
Yeah, good times had by all. Uh, won this race last year with a 99 buyer. Doesn't seem to be at quite the same level now than he was at this time last year, but he's certainly one of the ones, and his trainer, Jorge Navarro, is certainly uh, very sharp. Stall walking dude number seven is interesting. He comes in with the best last race buyer of 100, and he's trained by David Jacobson, who New Yorkers have learned to uh, respect and or fear. But, oh, yeah. Um, it, interesting to note, he's one for six on dry tracks and four for five on wet tracks, and I was just checking the weather. It's 78 and partly cloudy Saturday, so it sounds like good weather. Maybe that's bad news for stall walking dude. The horse I was most interested in is the 11 Grand Shores. Um, he beat Rebo Bobo, who is a, a uh, also a very good sprinter. Won the won a claiming crown race last year. The the um, I can't remember the name of it, but he he won one of these races last year. Um, he also Grand Shores uh, dispatched Cherokee Artist three starts back at Jacobson Horse who. Uh, happened went on to win the uh, Mr. Prospector at the Meadowlands. Last time out in the Kenny No, it, race kind of smelled like a prep. He was a little farther back than normal. But I think Grand Shores has the back class and the recent form to uh, do quite well with an outside trip. I'll mention one bomb of a long shot, and that's the 13 Behemoth, who has had a lot of bad trips in his recent races and you go farther back in his PPs and you see names like Cherokee Artist and, and It's My Lucky Day. With a better trip under Jose Lescano, Behemoth might um, fill out an exactor or try at very big odds. Well, you, you've been good at coming up that. If we were on Skype right now, you would see that the only horse that I did have a check on was Grande Shores. Uh, Again, I, I'm, I'm right with you on everything you said, especially considering some of the company that he's kept. And I believe, though we're not handicapping the race, that Rebo Bobo is going to be one of the favorites on one of the stakes races earlier on the card in the claiming crowd. That was race eight. Race nine is named the Emerald. Mike Maker is the all-time claiming crown trainer champion. Uh, he's won 12 claiming crown races, and he has no less than three horses in here and i will uh just tell you right out of the gate the horse i believe to beat if you can throw out his last race on polytrack is the british bred long hunter trained by mike maker yeah you know uh scott lake was the leader in claiming crown wins for the longest time and then what and what happened was ken ramsey started to get interested in the claiming crown and and had to kind of yank on the sleeve of Mike Maker to get, wake him up to the event. And now, <laughs> you know, over the last six, seven years, Maker's been winning like three or four a year. And like you say, he's come loaded for bear in this race with the three the three horses. I think his horse on the rail, Sailor's Creek, is very good as well. Can't say anything bad about him. Uh, Long Hunter has those uh, triple-digit buyers showing uh, high up in his form, so people are certainly going to get a lot of uh, pay a lot of mind to that. The horse I'm kind of interested in is the six Rosebriar, trained by Jane Sibeli, um, and ridden by Jose Lescano, who for my money, I mentioned him in the last race, but he's as good a grass rider as there is in the country. Um, a specialist at this distance, he's five for six, going a mile and a sixteenth on the grass, two for three at Gulfstream. 
his last race, um, very hot pace, and he moved too quickly, got to the lead, and got caught late. Uh, prior to that, three straight victories. Uh, I already mentioned that he loves Gulfstream. I think with a better-timed ride, uh, Ramsey Zimmerman is off. Jose Lascano was on. 12-to-1 morning line odds suit me just fine. Uh, a lot of little boxes that this horse checks off. So while I can't discount any of the uh, maker horses, um, Rosebriar is going to have my money on Saturday. All right. Well, if if you like Eric's pick, Rosebriar, take a second pick and look at the odds, because I have no idea what they are, of dreams cut short. Because the last time they met, as long as there's a reasonable pace in here, uh, dreams cut short rally from 13 lengths back to to catch Rose Breyer and win. Edgar Prado is going to be in the saddle. He came back in a grade three, uh, the Tropical Park Turf Handicap, last time out, was only beaten by four lengths. Again, I'm looking at the odds. I'm looking for value. I don't think you leave dreams cut short out of here if you like Eric's pick, Rose Breyer. I have to agree with you there, John. Um, I, I think Dreams cut short, benefited from that hot pace that day. He beat Rose Breyer, and I'm expecting uh, Rose Breyer to turn the tables, but you make a very, very good point. Well, I, I always like to compare horses that raced against each other and the fact that they were uh, impressed enough to put that horse into a graded stakes races. But, again, uh, I'll just say that I'll take the grade one stakes place, long hunter on the uh, – back record of Mike Maker and and you're right you know you know Mr. Ramsey he is a betting man too he doesn't yeah, just stand sure. one of the country's leading sires in kitten joy and has won meets from coast to coast but he loves to go to a window and you can bet that he's going to help the handle down at Gulfstream Park on Saturday and uh, well the, the final and the feature race of the day is the jewel uh, Mike Maker who we just talked about has two in here but let's not forget Hall of, Train, Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito uh, who has uh, two horses in here, and I personally like three horses in here. Uh, I, I like Maker's Eurogena, uh, an and Irish bred that is a very fast clay, closer, and uh, just looks like it's coming to this race off pretty good shape uh, with two mile in the 16th and has one at the distance. And then I like two horses there. I'm not crazy about their post, and that would be Cease, who I think has a lot of back class and might get a, a price on. But, boy, you talk about measuring a horse's best race with a ruler. Uh, he's started 11 times at a mile and an eighth and has come away with four wins, 322000 And then Paige McKinney, who we have to consider uh, one of the most consistent horses in training that has tactical speed that may help with Jose Lescano in the saddle from that number 12 post position. Enough said. Yeah, incidentally, Nick Zito won this race last year with Nevada Kid, and he does have two in uh, this year trying for a repeat. Um, this race reminds me a little bit of the last week's Remsen, John, where all the good horses were kind of stuck out on the outside in a two-turn race with a turn coming up fast. This mile and an eighth uh, Gulfstream layout, the turn comes up really fast. It really favors the inside post. So while I like Paige McKenney and Cease and and uh, Tarpey's Gold, I'm gonna I'm I, I always try to give the nod to the inside if I can make any case whatsoever. I'm gonna 
play a bomb in this race and go with the three kings over, who um, three for eight at Gulfstream. He might be distant suspect, but he's had some funny trips two races and four races back. He doesn't need to improve that much to compete very closely with these, and he's got the good post. He's going to be a very big price. That's what I'm going to roll with on Saturday. All right. Well, the last time I was with Eric Wing personally, he came up with a big price. A horse was 40 to 1, and it came home and won. So I'm not going to disallow anything he likes as a long shot. Eric, thanks so much for, for being on the show. Appreciate it greatly. My producer's pointing to me through the window saying, hey, bud, your time's up. You've got to get out of here. Eric Wing from the Daily Racing Forum, thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies. Always my pleasure to be with you, John. All right, well, that's going to close out this week's show. I'm overlooking a manicured turf course over the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.